Welcome to the Subject Composition and Light Photography Podcast. Show notes, links and contact details can be found at robnunphoto.com. That's www.robnunphoto.com. SCL is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network and loads of other great tech podcasts can be found over at www.techpodcast.com. Now on with the show. Hi everybody and welcome to SEL, the Subject Composition and Light Photography Podcast. My name's Rob from robnonphoto.com and this is my little audio diary about my journey through the wonderful world of photography. Well thanks for everybody for downloading the podcast, watching the video on YouTube or you may even be watching it live because um, I've actually started to um, record and transmit live as I do it and I've kind of fine-tuned my setup now um, so it uh, actually looks okay it's not broadcast quality it's not really good quality but um, it's okay if if I ever get to a situation where I'm capable of um, planning when I'm going to be doing my um, my uh, podcasts uh, pretty much um, to a, to a decent schedule then what I might be able to do is then invite other people along and we can all take part in a nice discussion but as it is I have to kind of squeeze the podcasts in when I can so Suzanne's at work at the moment Oliver's upstairs doing rev- revision so I've grabbed my laptop grabbed my webcam grabbed my headset and it's time to record another podcast so I hope everybody's been okay and um I was going to say enjoying the, the weather, but um, I don't know about the rest of the world, but in the UK, we've had a pretty rough time of it, especially in the south of England over the last um, couple of months, since Christmas really. There has been torrential downpours um, around here on the south coast, over in Somerset, there's been horrendous floodings. I mean, it's been great at work because we do sell a lot of kind of flood recovery equipment like pumps and generators. Um, but for the poor souls whose houses have been flooded, uh, it's been not been very, very nice at all. I know over in the States it's been incredibly cold as well, haven't it? Um, around the New York area. Um, so, you know, shouldn't grumble, grumble too much. Um, what I've been up to? Well, I've been putting an awful lot of information up onto the YouTube channel on uh, these, this mobile phone that I've been given by HTC to play with, around with, which is the HTC uh, One Max. I've also been doing a few Canon 600D videos, and I've been really proactive this year at um, trying to get out whenever I've got a spare few minutes on these mini little photo walks, especially at lunchtime at work. So the other day I jumped in the car at lunchtime and went to a place called um, Farlington Marshes. Um, uh, which I haven't been to before, but basically it's almost like a spit that sticks out into uh, the the sea, um, very low lying, and there's uh, some wildlife there and you know some interesting scenes. It was a very grey day though, and very cold. I, I forgot to, well I didn't bother. I wore my coat, but I forgot my hat, and my gloves. So when I got there and jumped out of the car and was walking about five minutes, I thought, well this is a little bit cold. But I'm looking forward to going back there. And when I was kind of driving past there, there was some interesting bridges and and motorway overhangs that I think I'll take some pictures of. Um, I also the other day 
uh, had to take a letter to the town hall in Gosport and um, on the way you know I whipped out my camera and took um, a lot, lots of different photos of uh, Gosport High Street as well which is quite interesting because one of my photo projects this year will be doing a, a project on the main road that goes out of Gosport all the way up through Fareham and then uh, heads north because a lot of my projects this year are going to be based around roads not just pictures of roads but the places around roads because I figure with me I don't have that much time for, to, for, to, for photography but when I do I need to jump into the car and go somewhere so what could be better than basing a project around roads because I can just drive somewhere, jump out of the car, take some photographs, drive on a little bit more, take some other photographs and uh, and do that so uh, so that should be really really cool so, um, so yeah so the HTC One Max smartphone I've had my um, Galaxy uh, Nexus, my Google phone for um, two years now and um, it's kind of been time to to change over so one of the things I did was I emailed a lot of the manufacturers of, of Android smartphones because uh, you can never get any review units out of Apple if you're someone like me but uh, HTC Samsung um, Nokia actually for one of the Windows phones wouldn't mind having to go with one of the Lumias and HTC emailed back or somebody from the marketing department did a guy called Dave very very helpful and they sent me a HTC more Max to play around with so I've been playing around with this for the last month or so um, on the YouTube channel right now I've just completed yesterday and uploaded quite a comprehensive review of the camera um, on the HTC One Max because this is a huge phone I don't know if you've ever seen phones like the Galaxy Note 2 or the Galaxy Note 3 or the Samsung Mega I think it might be called but the Max is that sort of grain and um, it's 5.9 inches big on the diagonal so it's a huge phone it's got a beautiful HD display amazing speakers it's incredibly loud so it's great for watching videos on great for consuming videos great for looking at photographs on because of the screen is so bright and so big it has an absolutely amazing battery life I think it has something like a 3300 milliamp hour battery which means that you know it can go on for about two days on a full charge which is unheard of to be honest um, one of the big um, complaints I've had about every single uh, smartphone I've had I mean I've only really had to after uh, HTC Desire and then the, the Galaxy Nexus was the fact that the, they're great and they do lots of things but if you're using them heavily if you're looking at things on the internet a lot or uh, streaming media or you know using them as they should be used uh, if they've got a good charge normally by about two o'clock or three o'clock in the afternoon they need charging again which is always a bit of a pain so you have to have a charger at work or I mean I've done lots of videos on YouTube about how you can keep the battery life going in your smartphone you know by turning features off and kind of spoils it but with the HTC One Max you don't need to do that you could leave GPS on all day Bluetooth on all day and uh, you'd still get to half past ten at night and it would still be going strong and um, in fact on the YouTube channel as well there I have done a video about the battery life and how the fact that I couldn't get it to um, couldn't it to go couldn't get it to go uh, go flat so very very impressed with it now it is a very very large phone I mean it is huge it is a phablet so it's two-handed op operation but one of the things I was really interested in was that although it's great to consume video on it's great to look at photographs on it's great for editing photographs and things like that was it any good as a camera because 
let's face it, you know, we all know that the best camera is the one that you've got with you, isn't it? But we always have our phones with us. So I think it's very important that we're happy with the phone that's on, uh, sorry, the camera that's on our phone. And I was a bit worried with the HTC One Max because it's so big and it's aimed at being like a a consumption device for things like video and, and photos and ebooks and all that sort of stuff, that the camera maybe wouldn't be up to it. And the other thing is that what HTC do is they use these ultra pixel cameras. So the camera in it is only four megapixels, which is pretty low, isn't it? Four, you think, well, four megapixels, that, that's not much at all. However, what they do is, because it's only four megapixels, it can have larger uh, sensor sites, I think they call them. So it's meant to work better in low light. But what's very interesting is that it can kind of fuse the idea of um, video and stills. So you can take something called a Zoe. So instead of just taking a photograph, you hold the camera up and you just put it into Zoe mode. And when you press the record button, it's already been recording for a second anyway, a HD video. And then it records, I think, another two seconds of video. So once you've got that Zoe, um, it, it's three seconds, I think, of HD video, but it's also 20 stills at the full resolution. And so you can pick out the still you might want. Um, you can then use that to create animated GIFs, um, action shots, uh, remove people from, from images and objects. Lots of, lots of really, really clever stuff. And then you can go into something called a... Um, go into the video highlights and it will automatically produce like a, a clip reel which it then adds music to and special effects to make it really funky so very exciting very uh, cool to do uh, a, a quick way of kind of um, jazzing up your photos and your videos and you like um, and I kind of the long and the short of the video is that um, I took a lots of photographs and videos with the with the camera I printed out some uh, images a4 size so pretty big and uh, some little 5x7s and the pictures look fine um, now I did for the A4 size images I did edit them in Photoshop so I kind of increased the, the saturation and contrast as you would with any photograph you'd taken even with a DSLR and then I cropped them to the right aspect ratio for A4 but I also told Photoshop to make sure that it was at 300 dpi so it increased the resolution if you like um, so, and when I printed them out, they look great. Um, so the HTC One Max's camera, more than happy with it. Um, yeah, it's a good phone. I've even slipped my SIM into it, so I'm going to be using it as my main phone now for the next um, month or so, um, just to give it a really in-depth review and a really in-depth test. Um, one thing I do need to do is order a case for it because um, it's quite hefty and I don't want to drop it and damage this beautiful metal body or the, the beautiful screen on the front. Um, but, you know, I the, the impression I get from lots of people about these phablet-sized um, large smartphones is people who love them or hate them. You know, if, you, if you've picked up a Note 2 or a Note 3 or any of these larger phones, some people go, oh, wow, how amazing. Look at that screen. Isn't it beautiful? But then other people, sometimes people who are like used to using iPhones, which are tiny compared to this, don't like them as much. But I love it because it's so big. It's great for looking at uh, videos and photographs. Maybe it's my old eyes anyway. So what I wanted to really talk about in this podcast, apart from the HTC One Max, which gives you a little bit of a flavour with it there, was the um, uh, the idea of a new uh, a new assignment for us. Now, I know we're currently still doing the um, winter assignment, I think. Let me just go and let me just go over to uh, Flickr and just check to make sure. I think we are. We were still doing the winter assignment. Bear with me while I, I normally have this set up on my 
laptop so we can go straight there but I forgot to start it up here we go communities groups lists and here we go my apologies for this it's running a bit slow because I'm uploading all this to uh, Google uh, Plus Come on, communities, take me there, take me there. <laughs> here we go, we're going to the groups. Right, here we go, rubnonphotos.com. Let's click on that bit, and then we should be able to see what it's called. I'm sure it's winter. I know I added a photo to it the other day. Here we go. So, February, March 2014 photo assignment was uh, winter. Um, However, there's something exciting going on. Let me just flick the uh, screen over to screen sharing so that you can um, have a look at that if you're watching this on video. So here's the Rubnon Photo group. If you listen to this on the podcast, obviously just on your phone or on your computer, just go and have a look at the rubnonphoto.com group over on Flickr. And the, the photo assignment was and still is until the end of the March winter. And there's some great... Uh, pictures there Danny B's got some amazing ones of frozen bubbles um, Smilo996 has got some nice frost Rod Payne's done his dog walking in the snow a beautiful uh, northern lights Aurora Borealis by Abd uh, VDB um, and I've done one of a silhouette of a tree but to be honest in the UK it hasn't actually been that cold it's been very very wet but it hasn't been hasn't been very very cold so I thought what we would do if everybody's up for it well we're going to do it anyway <laughs> this is not a democracy as they say <laughs> is we're going to have another photo assignment that's going to run concurrently with this one and um, I don't know it's kind of the, the title of this podcast is are you up for a challenge and what it is is uh, the British magazine um, amateur photographer of the year Sorry, amateur. I've given it away, haven't I? Amateur photographer. Uh, every year they run their competition, Amateur Photographer of the Year, and obviously 2014. Um, and it's open to anybody in the whole of the wide world, which I thought was really, really good. And I guess probably most of the people who listen to this podcast are amateur photographers. And I thought, well, what a great way. Why don't we just go for it? Um, because it's a really interesting way of challenging yourself as a photographer to go out and take different images of different situations you might not normally do because the way it is there's several rounds there might be 10 rounds I think let me let me, let me see how many rounds there are as I come down to the bottom yeah there's 10 rounds and each round lasts a month um, and then during that month by the by the closing date you need to have taken well as many photos as you like but you can only send them one photograph um, and then that get ju that gets judged, and I think a few weeks later in the magazine they do the the winners. And for each month there's a, there's a prize, and I think Olympus are sponsoring it this year. Um, so for example, the first month, which uh, the theme for it is, he says, street life. The prize is a Olympus OMD EM10 uh, camera with a fourteen forty two pancake zoom, a 45mm 1.8 portrait, a 40 to 150 zoom and a 9mm fisheye lens, a micro adapter and a street case. Wow! Second price is Olympus Pen EPL5 with a twin lens zoom kit. Third price is Olympus Stylus SP100EE Ultra Zoom. How cool is that? So all you've got to do is take a photograph 
and um, take lots of photographs, pick your best one, you send it to them, you put your name in the email, and go through the rules in a minute kind of thing. And then you may, you know, who knows, you might win something um, every month. And again, it's open to everybody over the world. I think all that happens is if you live somewhere else outside of the UK, there's a chance you might have to pay the customs charge for anything that gets um, gets uh, sent abroad. Um, and then at the end of the, uh, the, the the photo assignments at the end of the year, then there's an overall winner as well. Now, you know, it would be nice to win something, wouldn't it? But I just always remember that in the olden days, many moons ago, and you may remember this if you've been listening to the podcast for a very, very long time, is that I um, used to have a uh, Fujifilm um S5700 uh, bridge camera. In fact, I still got it. I think Suzanne uses it for taking pictures of stuff for eBay. Great little camera, fantastic little camera. Took beautiful photographs, really nice zoom on it. Used to take care of you, you know. It wouldn't let you take a blurry image. It would always warn you about camera shake and things like that. Um, and one of the things that kind of drove my photography while I was using that camera and drove me to become, I think, a better photographer is there used to be a competition, or there might still well be, I don't know, on the Fujifilm website every month where you could enter an image and the prize was normally one of the more expensive bridge cameras um, to win. And so I religiously used to enter that competition every month for several months. Um, the closest I ever got was they actually used to publish some of the pictures on the website, like on the home screen. And once one of my public pictures came up, I thought, woohoo, I'm in with a shout, I'm going to win something. But I didn't. Um, but anyway, but I know that I know photography isn't about competition. You know, it's not about who being who's the best because everybody has their own art, don't they? But there isn't. There, I don't think there's anything wrong with um, entering competitions as long as they're free to enter. I think that's the main thing, and we can uh, we can push ourselves. So um, so I don't know. But let's go for it. I'll put a link up on the the Flickr. Uh, group with a new kind of assignment. I'll put some links in with the the show notes for this particular podcast as well. So let me go over to um, to uh, Amateur Photographer's website and we can sort of read about it. So, Amateur Photographer 2014, your chance to enter the UK's most prestigious competition for amateur photographers. Uh, entries must be received by 5pm on the closing date. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, the competition was launched in 1997. Um, and then the overall prize for first place was a Mamiya 645 Pro medium four-back camera. Woohoo! Obviously it's digital now. We received thousands of entries from all around the world and last year saw a very high standard of submissions. However, over the ten rounds, one person emerged as the clear winner with Danica Profogic from Bosnia and Herzegovina becoming 2013's Amateur Photographer of the Year. Amateur Photography Year 2014 follows a similar format to last year with 10 monthly rounds from March until December. The competition is open to all amateur photographers and each month's round follows a theme. Please note that entrants who live outside the UK who win a prize will be liable for any local customs charges. After the closing date of each round, the entries are narrowed down to a shortlist of 50, then the top 30 and finally the top 3. Points are awarded to each image for creativity, technical excellence, and how well the image fulfills the brief. Judges are looking for original, imaginative, and well-executed pictures that explore the theme in an exciting way. The names of the top 50 photographers from each round appear on our website, along with the images for the top 50, top 30. The top 30 images are also published in the magazine at the end of the following month. After 10 rounds, the person with the most points wins a photographer of the year. 
and then Olympus have given away these amazing amazing prizes image size so you can the great thing is I think I remember considering entering this competition a while ago but you had to submit uh, photos on CDs or prints I didn't have a printer at the time but now you can submit them via email so all you've got to do is your image must be at least 2700 pixels 3000 maximum along its longest dimension and the file name of your image must be your first and first and surnames for example Kate Windsor JPEG the subject line of your email message must state the round name and your name once again e.g. street life Kate Windsor. Finally, in the body of your email, include the camera model, lens and exposure details, if known, as well as a sentence describing what the image is. If your email does not meet these requirements, we will unfortunately not be able to enter in the competition. So entrants should submit one round image per round. Only entries sent to the correct email address, which is apoy, A-P-O-Y, at ipcmedia.com. It must be a JPEG in sRGB. The file name should be a name of surname. The subject line include your postal address, list your body entries. Right, so it's all so there's quite a few terms and conditions that you might want to read through as well. Um, but what excited me about this was the fact that it's open to everybody all over the world as well. Because lots of competitions you uh, listen to on podcasts and um, in the media, it's like only for people in America or only for people in in UK or Germany or something. But this is open to everybody. And as we say, the first round, which is which um, is live until let me give you the date Ooh, let me scroll down here so we've got until the 28th of March at 5pm to email these images and again I'll put links in the in the Flickr forum um, so, so you can come out over and on robinonphoto.com or if you do a search for amateur photography of the year 2014 it will come up but again the first round is street life um, Pictures of people going about their everyday lives in cities, towns, villages, and where they live. Excuse me. It says street photography is as popular as it ever was and is easily accessible to all photographers. Even if we don't live in a street alongside other people, we almost certainly travel to and work in places where the rich tapestry of street life chugs on like a well-oiled machine. All you have to do is photograph it and show the rest of the world what happens in that location. There can be a great temptation to head to the biggest, most bustling place you can, but you don't need to. Street pictures can be shot as easily beside the quiet and seemingly empty village post office as they can among the maddening crowds that stream past the Bank of England. This round is about capturing the atmosphere of a place, and to do that, a picture needs to show that place and what goes on there. We don't have to be able to detect where the picture was taken, but we do need to get a feel for what it was like to be there and what sort of people we're likely to meet. Um, and then there's some good examples over there where you can uh, sort of uh, some good suggestions from Damien Demolder to help get you started and of course use the fabulous Google Im image search so just go to Google put in a great street photography click on the images icon and in, there'll be loads of stuff there to, to, to go through so very very exciting um, I hope everybody's with me and we're going to have a crack on it it's remember it isn't about winning really it's about taking part it's about getting out there and thinking right I need to take a, few, a load of shots this um, this month about street life and then I've got to email them through I mean if nothing happens who gives a heck but we'll have given it a go um, uh, .com, uh me is the we're under no way affiliated with uh, Amateur Photographer of the Year. Um, oh, oh, and now you may be thinking, well, what's this got to do with the Flickr assignment? Well, what we could do is I wouldn't expect anybody to upload to the Flickr forum 
on that particular month maybe the particular photo that they're thinking of uploading to amateur photographer of the year um, but maybe upload some of the others that are similar that you might want to go for or maybe if you want to choose which one you think is best if you really can't decide maybe you could upload them there and then and say look what do people think but personally speaking I'll probably save the very best image that I'm going to upload sort of private <laughs> and then upload similar images to the um, to the Flickr forum to give people an idea of what I've been doing and what I've been getting up to um, so there we go so uh, so yeah so it should be fun you never know we might actually win something so that would be that would be pretty cool as well okay so that's it for the new assignments um, I've actually got some questions to go through a few sort of questions don't worry there's not too many I don't think uh, this particular month let's have a look so what questions have we got this one's from Kate Struthers and it's about the Fujifilm Instax wide 100 or 200 instant camera and she says I like the Instax 100 are the pictures a little smaller for the 100 I can only find the 210 Instax wide online. Is it the same thing as the 100? Well, Kate, okay, yes it is. The 100, 200 and 210, basically, they're all the same camera with a slightly different box. So just get the Fujifilm Instax wide and happy days. Now, remember, the only real weak point about these cameras, apart from things like impact damage and water damage, is the battery compartment. Because I've had quite a few from car boot sales where batteries have been left in and they've leaked. So either check it yourself before you buy it, or get the seller to check that there's no leaked batteries inside. Um, Liz Capalingo says, Hi, I have a Square Shooter 2 and I'd like to know where the battery goes or what kind it needs help don't are oh, right okay um, now I may be wrong but I'm pretty sure Liz that the square shooter 2 the film for it isn't made anymore and you can't get it so I wouldn't bother I'd say yeah get 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 one of the other pack cameras that they still make the film for and that would be good uh, the film photography project website is great I thought I would even suggest if you're thinking about buying one of these type appeal apart film cameras uh, do a Google search for Film Photography Project, go to their website, go to their shop, buy one off Mike Rasso because he tests them, guaranteed to work, and if you have any problems you can always send them back. The film's really cheap over there as well, and you know you're going to get um, something that works because if you buy them off people who haven't tested them or don't really know what they're doing, chances are you know you could get a bit of a, uh, a duffer, and that wouldn't be good to anybody. Um, Pick Scotland says... Um, in response to one of my YouTube videos, actually this one, which was about the HDR settings for the 600D, I did a video on that, and he says, you might want to try Magic Lantern on your camera sometime. The Auto HDR feature is amazingly good. You can set any increment from a third of a stop and the camera will automatically measure the light needs light needs, and take as many shots as required so every pixel is not over or underexposed in at least one shot. I usually set a one-stop change and let it do its thing. Sometimes this will get nine more shots without touching the camera again. Yeah, great thing. I mean, if um, anybody out there owns a Canon DSLR, I think probably past the 450D, maybe, uh, onwards, Magic Lantern is a firmware hack, kind of, that you can upload to the, to the camera. You just basically put it on the SD card and it sits on top of the... Uh, firmware so that and uh, enables you to do all these funky things now I will be getting around to having a play with Magic Lantern because it looks very very exciting indeed it adds some 
much needed functionality to some of the especially the video settings on the camera and uh, yeah it looks really really good so I will be getting around to it I just want to kind of cover all the basics first and to be honest I'm still early days with the camera I've only had it for two and a bit months so I'm still getting comfortable with it and uh, kind of making it part of my my second skin if you like to, to take great photographs but Magic Lantern will be coming and I will be doing videos and posts about it as well the Groove Master 10 says um, in response to another YouTube video where I, I don't know if you've seen the one where I got the uh, Canon 50mm f1.8 EF lens the, uh, for, for a couple of quid off somebody at a car boot sale because it was attached to an old camera and he says four pounds that's not a steal that's a steal you should be ashamed taking advantage of a little order like that haha <laughs> so do you still think it's worth the investment say 75 pounds about 125 now that's a great question actually so is it worth spending more money to get the Mark 150 1.8 over the Mark 2 which is the one you can buy new on eBay I would say no because I've had both and I haven't really noticed any difference in the image quality between the Mark 2 and the Mark 1 the Mark 1 just looks a little bit nicer because it has the window with the distances on and has the metal mount so in theory I guess it might last a bit longer but I would I would say buy it if you think about spending that much £75 $125 get a new one off Amazon with a year's guarantee um, and then if you have any trouble with it you can always send it back or save the money and get the 51.4 which is much more expensive um, but it's more of a pro level lens um, and uh, and work it out that way um, right well there we go that's all of the questions uh, this month um, all that remains is really for me to thank everybody for taking part in the Flickr group posting their photographs over there some fantastic work as ever goes into the group pool and taking part in the in the uh, photo assignments thanks everybody for going over to robnerphoto.com checking it out I love it when you leave uh, comments so you know if you do go over there just say hello leave a comment it really helps and everybody for um, going to iTunes and leaving reviews about the podcast that's great as well if you can spend five minutes when you've got um, iTunes fired up just to search for the SEL photography podcast and uh, give us a little review that that is really really cool um, thank to Everyday Jones who do the intro and outro music that you'll hear when you listen to the podcast not on the video for YouTube though um, but most of all I'd like to thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast or watching it on YouTube it really is uh, it really is an honour to share this with you guys and, and have you guys you take up your time your valuable time to listen to me talk about photography right that's it for this month um, hopefully pretty soon I'll see you on Flickr